to The Roots Report. My name is Patrick. I'm Joe. And Tom and Major are both out today. Slackers. So we're having our very special guest, Joe, on to discuss a few things with us. Looking forward to it. Yeah, today I'd like to go over uh, the market slumps. It's going lower and lower. Market woes, house owner, and September ends. We're going to ask Joe, how do you play a bear market exactly? Also, how's the hurricane treating you? <laughs> We're also going to go over the midterm market effects, the Russian war, and everybody escaping from the draft, as well as the Nord Stream sabotage. So let's get started. Yeah, we'll dive right in. Um, I mean, market slumps, that's uh, what everybody's been talking about, right? That's what Twitter's flooded with and the woes of anyone that owns a 401k, even if you're not actively investing you can't help but notice that holy crap i'm running out of money right yeah uh i have a bunch of people coming should i sell now uh like well (laughs) can't really answer that i kind of told you you might want to sell uh like six months ago my mom now is like uh is maybe not maybe you just want to hold it really depends on your timeline it's definitely a harder market to trade in than the uh 2020 boom when you know you couldn't uh, take a step without stubbing your toe on a winner. You just accidentally find profits, but now it's, you know... This, this is where it really you start to separate people that are excellent within the short term, and you also do a serious patience check of anyone that is either what some would consider holding bags or otherwise holding onto assets they know are viable. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I noticed this week I was really watching that sub-360 line on the SPY. It kept nudging its nose right against it and backing off so, yeah uh, but then uh friday at close it finally broke it went down i think it we closed at like 357 358 yeah three uh 35790 i think is what we ended after hours or something like that um yeah. <clears throat> that kind of 360 362 mark was was a huge checkpoint uh, for where we were at, because that was kind of the start, or at least the uh, the confirmation of post-COVID recovery. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, a whole mess of ownership, people that had stocks in that range across the board, and uh, for it to fall below that point, you're talking about a large block of people now falling into losses. So there was a right. lot of stop losses set there. That's where you saw a massive volume spikes at those different levels. Right. So... uh Joe, for our listeners, do you have any uh, tips on how you would play uh, a bear market as opposed to a bull market? Like, how should uh, what are your tips for like this changing market that we're seeing now? Yeah, for as, uh, uh, we just keep going lower and lower. For anybody that listens that uh, isn't terribly active in the Discord, I'm a almost purely technical trader. I find uh, purely focus on technical analysis, and from a TA perspective, trading in a bear market is. A little more challenging because you have checkpoints and support levels that can get invalidated by big macro movements, right? Like if you have a stock that in a bear or sideways market, you have certain patterns that would play out and you know within a pretty strong certainty that one support level is going to hold if the overall market tanks several percentage points, if the SPY just craters or something terrible happens like that, there are no stocks. And it's that theory of, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. The inverse is true. If the bay drops out, we're all bottoming out, boys. There's no, there's nothing afloat. So 
from a technical perspective, you really want to look at um, what are referred to as moment in, uh, momentum indicators, um, stuff like RSI values that will give you an idea of, okay, we know we're going down, right? We don't know how long and we don't know how far, but with momentum indicators, we can get an idea of when are we going to get some relief? When are we going to level out a little bit? And those little bounces, those little recoveries within a bear market where you'll skip up and gain 5, 10, 15% and then crater again, that's where you're going to make your money as a, as a trader within a bear market. So I really like custom RSI algorithms that handle smoothing. Smoothing meaning that you don't just get a typical RSI bracket of, you know, if it goes below 30, you buy. If it goes above 70, you sell. It has borders on the top and bottom that will adjust based on the volume of trading. So you get an idea of, yeah, it may be in an oversold condition, but the volume has significantly spiked. So that lower border is going to drop more and say, we still have more oversold condition to dig into. Um, Right. Yeah. One indicator isn't always the best. uh, I've noticed as well. Yep. They're just looking at one thing. You can't, I mean, it's too simple. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody'd be doing it, right? If we can just yeah, follow it, this pretty little line and make money. RSI. Yeah. Yeah. So you you want to follow these momentum indicators as they interact with other TA signals, um, trend lines, support levels, and patterns that you have established will really help guide you whether or not that indicator is valid at the time. You talk about SPY, you know, uh, the S and P five hundred uh, ETF. You can follow its RSI value right now, we're heading to some pretty historic lows on a monthly right. chart. Um, yeah. The last time the monthly RSI for SPY was this low was the 2008 housing market collapse. And that was a right. global market crater. We're not that far. We're not that deep into it. But to already be at this point, to already be in this heavy of an oversold condition as we're approaching support levels that were established after COVID from a technical perspective, that is a strong indicator that we're very nearly setting the bottom for this bear market that the, Mm. the 337 to 350 range on SPY from a TA perspective is screaming that we're almost out of the woods here. So I'm sure a lot of people will be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I'm was, not, uh, yeah. again, we, you know, well, we don't we do gotta... <laughs> the, the, yeah. the guy at the, the thing on the discord with the roots people. He said, we're at the bottom, man. No. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're bye, getting bye, to bye. a good place. I feel like we're approaching yeah, a slowing uh, momentum of bearish trading. I thought it was really interesting, uh, to watch actually this week. Kind of, I was watching that 360, and like you said, the RSI was so low. I wasn't sure that we weren't going to go for one of those, uh, you know, 10 to 15% relief gains, like you were talking about. Seeing a bounce just a like second that. Ago. So actually, I've been sitting cash until uh, looking for confirmation at that close. We'll see if it holds on Monday. But um, what did you also think about the uh, last week? The Fed bumped up a the interest rates by another 75 points. Uh, what do you think about that? And how do you think that might affect where the market goes into the future, considering that they don't have any clear signs of stopping. I think it's important to not just focus on the value that they come up with, but also the guidance that they accompany with it 
from rate increase to rate increase. If you look at what they were talking about the last time they increased it, they were basically telling everyone, calm down, we still need to go hard on this, we still need to have heavy corrections to account for this. And so I think that this most recent 0.75, I I feel like it's baked in. I feel like it was an expected outcome. I don't think anyone expected the Fed to ease up, but I don't think they expected them to try and completely murder the market. Um, those of you who participate in our chats and our Discord will know that back in May, um, myself, Thor, some of the other guys that do a lot of charting, we've been looking at this 350 range for several months now as an expected outcome. And when you get into macro market movements like this, and then the Fed dabbles in this too, these expected paths don't have as significant of an impact on what traders actually do. Because if I tell you that we're going to have to walk for another five miles, you're not going to freak out whenever we get to mile three and I tell you we've got two more to go, right? Right. You are have already built that in. You're expecting that. You're expecting that, that effort, that pain that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. So the next rate increase, I think, is really where we're going to see an inflection within the market and within the Fed that if they still believe Wall Street and trading groups in general are not receptive enough to the idea that we can't keep lighting cash on fire, that they will come out with a full point increase. And I don't think that's currently expected. I don't think that's baked in. So if that does happen, then I think we'll really see some pain. But it feels like, for again, from a momentum technical standpoint and from some of the guidance that you're hearing from firms, you're starting to see those unemployment numbers creep up. There's layoffs happening. I think the market is finally signaling that everyone is understanding that we really have to put some effort into getting inflation under control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you think uh, – so the midterm is coming up, the midterm elections here in America is coming up. Do you think uh, that might affect – the market in any way or even the federal reserve as you know like uh the leading powers you know the democrats maybe want to look a little bit better than they have um uh, from the rising market yeah from a charting standpoint i think it's really going to be a sector breakdown um and i think that's become a little more prevalent over the last few years than it has historically because if you take trending from the s&p 500 and look at its performance across midterms um there's not massive volatility uh, in the long term. You know, you have some short-term pops, you have some short-term failures, depending on who gets elected or re-elected in major national offices. But I think your party that prevails, let's say the Democrats take both houses, I think you're going to see tech and green sectors and things like that see some strength and some, some upticks. Um, and the inverse is true if, if the Republicans take the Senate back or see significant gains in state houses that you'll find oil, gas, your traditionally Republican-associated, right-wing-associated markets uh, get a benefit there. So it's overall, yeah, there'll be some quick volatility in there. It's just expected. That is ultimately a sign that humans are doing trading, weird enough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it'll be sector dependent as a, as a longer term impact. Right. Are you looking for anything, any trades you got in the, uh, making with this one? I'm pretty interested in natural gas and, um, resources, right. energy resources going into the winter. I know it's a, 
kind of a boring play, but in bear markets, you have to lean a little more boomer. You have to be a little less uh, in the... Yeah, a little less. The pizzazz stocks have definitely <laughs> taken a large downturn yeah, the, recently. Your speculative stuff really takes a hit when there's less cash on the table. <laughs> yeah. So um, ARLP is one that we've been all over for, I think, since November of last year. Our group has been tracking it, and it's done... Just exceptionally well. Uh, a, a real profit maker across the board. I think at one point it was up like 140% from the release of our report. But I really like what how that's setting up from a technical perspective. And obviously the gains that you'll get from a uh, an energy company going into the winter is going to feel good. Yeah, I've, uh, actually I like a lot. A part of the what's going into uh, the politics right now, I don't think it's a quick play, but... Uh, there's a big push kind of like almost globally for nuclear energy, which I've, I'm actually pretty excited about because I've been a proponent of nuclear energy. The new reactors that they have, you know, not at, not the ones they had at Chernobyl or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no three mile island pretty safe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean the three mile thing, it was like, well, the guard was like off duty and it was like in t- almost like, I think intentionally shut down improperly. Yeah, it, it's the um, thing, right? It was a really weird thing. It wasn't like something that was supposed to happen. It was something that, like, oops, if you, you know, kind of thing. If you look at the safety and environmental implications of other energy sources and how reliable nuclear energy is across decades with wildly outdated tech, extremely inefficient reactors compared to what we could put in place now that would be right. even safer on top of being more productive. I'm, I'm a personal... A uh, fan of nuclear energy and what it can do for humanity. I drive past a major reactor daily when I go to work, um, oh, yeah. so it's 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 good being able to see how much of that has an impact on fuel prices locally compared to nationwide. Because uh, we're not consuming as many fossil fuels to produce energy here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, big fan of it. If if you are there any ETFs or tickers in particular that you're looking at, I don't know of much nuclear uh, that's. Uh, yeah, there's a few like uranium ETFs, um, but there's not a lot of public uh, nuclear reactor things. But there was a couple I was looking into. Um, I've actually brought them up on here before in some older podcast episodes. Um, but Bill Gates is actually starting a thorium reactor, uh, and that should go public as well as uh, a couple others. I had the tickers jotted down somewhere in my notes. But uh, I think thorium's really interesting because it doesn't have quite as much of the problems of uh, degradation. It like uh, decays in like a thousands of years instead of millions, and it's also much smaller. So if any of them ever blew up, it wouldn't destroy a city. It would destroy like a block or something. It wouldn't be nearly as hard to clean up. And also you can use them in like smaller towns. They're, uh, you can even have ones small enough to be mobile. Um, which is actually a military application for it as well. Half-Life There's 3 some research confirmed. into that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. No, that's, that's really good. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Fallout. Yeah, the next Fallout series yeah. would be a yeah. global energy war. Um, right. Well, that's, that, um, I like so stuff like that. And, and um, There's some really interesting stuff out there for it. Also, the, they, uh, there's a new technique, I think, with like a crystal laser or some shit where they can reduce the decay time from millions of years to like seconds i love science of, uh, nuclear waste so also if you like launch a nuclear reactor into orbit they can blow up all at once just, <laughs> just shit loads of radiation out there it doesn't matter just add it to the and, sun uh, there's plenty of that going on no problem 
Yeah, yeah. And then you just beam the energy back to Earth, so that's pretty easy. Yeah, the the stability and safety side of it's huge, and, and it's also uh, easier to contain from a safety standpoint. You don't have to worry about possible sabotage. Maybe foreign actors having access to hundreds of miles of pipeline and maybe accidentally blowing it up. <laughs> yeah, like a... <laughs> Like uh, maybe something called like Nord Nord Stream or something. I've heard a little bit about this, but uh, I haven't actually had the time to look into it. Yeah, Nord not uh, stream. The Nord streams. Um, yeah, no. Russia Nord, uh, basically cool. said that if you're not going to play with us, I'm going to pop the basketball and go home. Um, right. There's, there's, you know, there's no confirmation yet. It's just all speculation. I'm finger pointing right now, but early surveys and early reports suggest that there were multiple individual explosions detected seismically and just straight data from maritime research facilities uh, that were in the same area as this massive leak. And I think at one point the leak at the surface was like three quarters of a mile wide of just natural gas pouring into the ocean, which... You know, another thing, if you want to talk about uh, the the benefits of nuclear stuff and, and environmental impact of fossil fuels, but there's been a significant increase. Um, ARLP that we we're talking about, matter of fact, spiked like 15% um, in energy stocks, and it's it, it's really easy to get caught up in the political nuance of all this stuff and how bad Russia is or how much Europe needs to diversify or whatever, but at the end of the day... It's going to cost people more to heat their homes in the winter in Europe. And I don't mean a more like, oh, bummer, I can't, you know, go to the movies. It's like, they're talking about some very drastic and dangerous situations for low-income families and things like that. So the market impact is going to be significant, and it's going to cause a lot of problems long-term until Europe and Germany kind of leading, spearheading that path can determine their own their own energy independence right yeah i know uh, it's interesting that actually france i think leaned a lot heavier into nuclear energy than their uh, counterpart other counterparts in europe so it's interesting that they uh maybe they'll come out ahead in some way here in the next couple decades yeah and um, conflict driven solutions like this it's it's terrible for humanity it's terrible in the short term and the people dealing with it but if you look at World War One, World War Two, and what comes out of that after the fact is you see a fine-tuning of technology, massive jumps and improvements in efficiency, and the way things are handled. It's kind of, you know, it's growth through discomfort. It's a, a really broad way to look at it, but it's going to be interesting to see the gains that come out of this from a global standpoint when we realize how fragile some of these systems are. Right. Need is the mother of invention. That's what it is. So that's why, actually, I think one of the, there was like an interesting thing about for like 500 million years, we just used like stone tools until there was like another catastrophe that limited our population, some shit like that, or environmental change. Yeah, and you, it's a little interesting tidbit. And then we started to evolve more. I love the, the flight timelines too, from the first airplane oh. flight to when we landed on the moon. It's like, yeah. That that kind of advancement, that kind of rapid technology smash there, it's like, what, what will we be able to, able to accomplish with smaller, more efficient, more resource-effective nuclear plants, reactors? How small can we get it? How far can we go? 
Yeah, and they did it with like, uh, well, that was actually ironically all due to like the Cold War. Who could be the first on the moon? You know, it was a big dick swinging contest. I will take and it. And then after we won, they were like, ah, who cares anymore? Right. I was so excited they, when they I stripped. saw uh, yeah. Musk and, and uh, Bezos going toe to toe. I was like, hell yeah, this is like a privatized Cold War. We're going to see massive improvements <laughs> yeah. in technology. Yeah. Da, da, and then uh, you're both just yeah. whiny, selfish bastards. This sucks. Well, uh, it was pretty hard. I, 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 has Blue Origins done anything noteworthy recently? Mm, other than catering to rich people, I haven't seen anything terrible. Yeah. I, I, I kind of lost. I, I got jaded, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I got <laughs> frustrated with how little advancement they were doing from a public sector side. But I still have hope for uh, SpaceX. Yeah, uh, the, I think, uh, who is it? The guy who owns Virgin Galactic. What's his name? Ted Branson? Uh, yes. Guy uh, with the he... wallet skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he's more Blue Origin's peer than uh, SpaceX and Elon Musk are because they're kind of competing for different space. Whatever gets no more robot boosters landing on droid ships in the ocean for my five-year-old son to clap and cheer for, I'm Hell all yeah. about. Because that, that's the future-inspiring shit that leads humanity forward, right? I know there was a whole generation of like sci-fi built off of the moon landing, and then we just kind of fucking did nothing for fifty years. Been there, done that. It's that Jurassic Park sequel. Everybody's like, "Oh, yeah. cool, a T Rex." Yawn. When are we going to Mars, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I heard uh, also in a conjunction with the sabotage, a bunch of uh, Russian men just fleeing Russia to avoid the draft, like a. Uh, at least I've seen on the news where they have like pictures of just bumper to bumper traffic trying to get out of Russia. Yeah, so unless you uh, want to be acquainted with some uranium poisoning of your own from our friends over at the KGB, <laughs> you can't call it a draft. It's a mobilization. Right, right. No, they, uh, uh, yeah, what Russia they, announced this or? this assembly of prior service guys and and flights out of Russia immediately sold out. Right, I think <laughs> yeah. the general population of Russia has gotten wise to their special military activity being exactly what it is, and just a horrible attempted genocide and, and conquering of a free people. And nobody well, wants not a only that, but half of them have like families over there in like Ukraine. It's a, it was a vacation spot, dude. Yeah, and a lot of the people. Uh, that they sent over there to do war actually were from the eastern part. It's super awkward. It's like, Steve? Uh, just so that... Steve, what because, the yeah. fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh, to uh, to, so it's to stay away from one. diving too far into the political side of it, the, the economic impact of just the pure number of bodies, of people, of individuals that just flood out of the country and have no intention of coming back. You have... Not really the exports from Russia that are going to impact it, but the resource consumption of a Europe that is already struggling from decades of refugee crisis. Right, and now they have even more Russian refugees. Right. So, along with that, and struggling to maintain their energy reserves. Energy reserves, the food costs, and and housing. It's not limited to the U.S. where rent and, and home prices are through the roof, but... Uh, it's going to be a really difficult winter for the people that are already there and the ones that are coming even more so because it's it's rough man and it's only going to get tighter as as uh, as these crop yields keep cratering because of a lack of planting lack of harvesting lack of shipping 
Um, yeah, I'm glad I have my uh, my wheat calls that we were talking about. Yeah, Ma- Major and I um, were looking up that. Uh, I just got back into those. That's a good and it's time. It's already for it. starting to head up. Yeah, it broke back out of that you know, uh, October, that ascending channel that we we've been charting. Um, I think yeah, it's... didn't it like tick the bottom right off of our chart? I think it like eight oh six or something. It, yeah, eight, it was so eight beautiful. flat. <laughs> We, we had a really good call on that and there's we've got some long targets on that for it to almost double from where it's at right now so it's going to be an exciting one to watch from a profitability standpoint but it's also that double-edged sword of yay we're making a bunch of money off of people starving shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why people hate well, bankers you know i mean when you were in a if you were in the great depression there were people who were starving and then there were the people who didn't lose everything in the stock market and we're doing quite well because you know, you could buy a loaf of bread for like five cents. Yeah, so nobody had any money. Violent as this September has been, uh, and the massive losses overall market-wise that has been the norm, we have been fortunate that we have a trading community in our Discord and in our group right. that is just making a bunch of money off this stuff because we're able to chart it. We're able <laughs> to have these conversations. So, Well, we have King Bear in the chat. <laughs> Goko's been calling stuff out like a madman. So shout out to him. Shout out to the folks that are able to make some money off that stuff. And if you're not in there, you need to join. Check out links in the description. Follow us on Twitter at ReachReScorch underscore. Um, We, uh, ReachResearch underscore. We are absolutely killing it in a bear market. And when this thing turns around, attendees for Imagine we'll be killing it then too. Yes, sir. It's all about keeping vigilant, you know? Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? That really covers it, man. It's been nice. Uh, don't have to hear Tom and Major jabber on about nothing. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. miss you guys. It's going to be weird because I listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm a regular consumer. So driving to work, it's going to be awkward hearing me talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got Finney last week. Yeah, that was nice. That was a great assessment of risk and uh, uh, tolerance and, and how to manage positions. It's always good to, to get back and, and really focus on the core of trading. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, risk reward and making sure that you really thinking through your steps. A lot of people, I think, get into it and they're like, I got a gut feeling about this one. Especially when you had a, a, a good a run, right? Like you make trading. a little bit of yeah, profit, yeah. you start feeling bulletproof and you go in and now you lost it all and then someone's like, shit. Yeah. Fuck. So shout out, shout out to Tom Not and Fen did a great job of the questions too, keeping that thing rolling. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, previous podcast, previous episode, go check it out. Learn how to manage stop losses, risk assessment, risk tolerance, fundamentals of trading. So this uh, winter, we're looking for wheat prices and or any other type of grain, vegetable, whatever. Just I think food in general and uh, energy. It's gonna be gonna be lit <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty boomer yeah. plays all around but we're here for what makes money hey you know you gotta play the market yeah. well i appreciate you having me on man it's a good rundown do i get to do the tom thing or you want <laughs> the tom thing <laughs> <laughs> do the thing yeah and cue the outro thank you for listening to the roots report by roots research llc everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between hosts This is not financial advice, as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been the Roots Report, and stay rooted.